Hey Pro Nerds, it's Iggy here for another episode of Diving Deep, Project Nerds podcast where we dive deep into topics you won't hear us discuss on the other podcasts. This is episode three. We've had a couple good episodes talking about some serious things and we kind of keep on the trend of mental health as this was intended to be released in May as well. I sit down with Mia St. Clair, another member of Project Nerd, and we dive deep into each other's emotions, depression, life really. So sit back, listen to two of us talk about what we deal with, and if you can relate, hopefully we can help destigmatize some things around mental health. Welcome, Project Nerd listeners, to another episode of Diving Deep. It's our new podcast series where we are diving deep into serious topics. I am joined today by the wonderful Mia St. Clair. Hey, everybody. Big help here at Project Nerd. I try to be. Try to be. Try to I be. try very hard to be. One of our many amazing team members. So with Diving Deep, if you're not familiar yet, we're taking on some big topics. Our very first episode is a prime example of that. Um, but not just talking with experts about certain things. I want to talk with other people that just are willing to open up about things. And I want to open up as well. So today, we are both going to go out of our comfort zones. Oh, boy. And talk. I think the, ultimately the goal really is to, you know, these are things that everybody wrestles yeah. with. These are things that people deal with. And we're just going to talk. Just, we are. We're, we're just, just going to go talk. into it. Let what demons come out, come out. What secrets come out that I don't edit, come out. You know, <laughs> things like that. So, um, but seriously, uh, I, I know so far recorded, I don't know what order everything's going to air in, but we've recorded a sex trafficking podcast with the... Uh, CEO of Justice 61, an organization I definitely encourage people to check out. I've talked with a medical doctor regarding mental health, health and really focusing on the health side of the mental health, I guess. Mm, mm-hmm. And and part of it, what some of the podcasts that I love are where people, and in even people I don't know, just get on there and just talk, and you learn so much about them. And I like those podcasts for multiple reasons. One, people get passionate when they're just let to do what they want to do. And other, you, you learn a lot and you learn a lot of that things you deal with other people deal with too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a thing that so many people miss or feel like they're lacking is that it's that comfort of knowing that other people go through something similar or anything even remotely close to, because when you grow up dealing with any sort of mental health issue, a big focus is that you feel so alone. And then now... With the help of social media, it's become a thing where we all recognize, oh, well, okay, I guess I'm not the only one. And we've all felt isolated in some way, shape, or form. And there are those who take advantage of it in a negative way. And then there are those who take advantage of it in a more positive way. And, um, you know, through social media and, and the growth of it, we all see the the all of that in, in a light. We see the, the positives and the negatives and the people who take advantage and the people who don't and uh, the people who continue to remain hidden and the people who just blast everything out there. I think it's just I think we're finally getting to see all of the different facets of mental illness. We are. And real quick side note, we are we are on location prepping for Planet Comic Con. I mm, don't mm-hmm. know where some of those side noises are coming from, but I'm hearing them in my headphones every once in a while. <laughs> so if that's their AC or heat for the building or whatever, I apologize ahead of time, but it is not a normal 
controlled recording. So please bear with us on some of those things. I, it was just there was a weird noise when we were talking <laughs> and I didn't know where it came from. But uh, yes, I, I think for me, the biggest thing on Diving Deep was is I really started listening to a couple podcasts where and it's a celebrity podcast. So, of course, it's mm-hmm. people that everybody knows anyways. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of guests that I don't really know. Like I recognize the name or I've seen them in something. But they just dig in the stuff, and it's amazing what some of those people talk about. And I'm sitting there listening to, especially it's Michael Rosenbaum's podcast, and the way he talks and hosts, and I'm like, I relate to this guy so much on Mm -hmm. so many things. Mm -hmm. And he's so honest and open about certain things. Uh, But other parts, too, is anytime we cover mental health on Project Nerd, the reaction is insane. Yes. And in December, I wrote the article for BoJack Horseman and, and kind of relating all five of the main characters to different aspects of mental health. And we got messages to the page. It was one of the top few things of the month. I was getting personal messages from friends mm. talking about it and how much they love the show and why they love the show is because of how real it is on all that stuff yes. on the mental health side. And for me, it's a big thing because the more I talk about it, the more it feels like people come to us and say, yes, thank you. Like mm-hmm. we love Project Nerd. And we love that other people that have a voice to some level are saying, this isn't like, you're not abnormal. You're not, yeah. you're not weird. You're not the only one. Yeah. And so for some background for me, I, I say it is, um, I, I had a, I had a good childhood I had a fine childhood. Parents were there, they divorced, but I mean, for people my age, that is incredibly common and mm. they were, they get along, they still get along very well. Um, all my family is in, in relatively the same area. I'm probably the black sheep of the family, but was never criticized for my geeky ways or thinking outside the box compared to my very rural country family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was depressed and people are always confused by that. And it's the thing where people talk about it is a actual health condition. So my brain does not make all of the chemicals necessary for me to be happy all the time Mm -hmm. and because of that also i have narcolepsy because my brain can't make the chemicals to say you're awake iggy or you're asleep iggy so it just does weird things so all those things are impacted by it and the reason i bring it up is because especially in the project nerd channel is i am the competitions we do all these panels we have this huge brand with all these great people around everything's happy and people hear about this and they're like dude like a great example is, why did you write this blaze? And it's like, oh, this comic, the, the mental health. They're like, we see you on stage. You always smiling these weekends. Everything's good. And I'm like, well, yeah, things are good, but things can be great. And sometimes I just don't feel great about them. Yeah. Yep. And my life was nothing like yours. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, like, if you ask myself and, and my other two siblings, all three of us would say that we were the black sheep for the family. Because that's how it felt individually for all three of us. Um, But if you were on the outside and you looked at us growing up, you would have seen the picture perfect, the quintessential, the family that has it all. The only thing was that they, I guess they had the, the uh, quote unquote traditional forms of, of sexes backwards. So I am the oldest. And I guess if you were to look at what back then was the quintessential family, you would have a boy as the oldest. And then was that, was that more common? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, I'm the oldest. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was the ideal is you would have a, a boy first. He so he would, pro- yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I was the oldest. Um, uh, even, even among both of my, both of my parents, uh, they were both the popular one, both of them. And I never really dive into my mother's side, but even she's one of 12 and uh, her nickname 
uh, were Puerto Rican. So she was in Puerto Rico and they nicknamed her La Bomba. She's the bomb. She's the coolest one. She was the most fun. Um, and even now there are some people still in her life who call her that. And uh, uh, she has her own incredible story and I won't speak on her behalf about her own life. But uh, that that only played further into the picture perfect that was us. We were the family of five Um you know, we were the life of the party when we showed up and uh, my mother was a sweet, good girl. And, um, you know, we we had that I, I that ideal image going on about us and it was so much deeper and darker underneath. And my depression comes from something entirely different than Iggy's depression. He chemically doesn't make those things. I probably do. But my life has been so to the other side that it's just this underlying constant because of it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's something that's always in your head when you've dealt with big traumatic events in your life. But uh, where do you think that for you, like, do you think that has caused you more to be creative or has that stunted your creativity? It has stunted my creativity big time. I have such a lust for life and a want to do thing. And I have, I'm an idea person. I have all of these ideas in my head and, and people come to me about their ideas and I just pop one out and they're like, Oh, I would have never thought of that. But I have all of this self doubt and all of this lack of drive because of the depression that is there and the voices that I hear as a child, uh, they're still playing in there. And it's, it's a lot of hard work to squelch them so that way I can make any step forward. So it's when I'm, when I'm by myself and I reach peak boredom, that's when I'm at my most creative, but I'm so terrified of that boredom that I'm constantly trying to keep myself busy with other things. So it's, it's like I get in my own way. And I know how, I don't know how to untie myself. I, I think it, it, you hit on a key thing there, and I don't know. This is not medically supported, so I'm just saying <laughs> this. But um, you know, we talk about our generation is overworked, we're, mm. and we are taken advantage of in the work environment. And, and to a degree, it's true. I'm not going to take away from that. I, I feel I, I I have that's a whole other episode of my opinions on which I am a millennial generation and how we are Same. treated and what we also don't do right, but. At the same time, I feel like we are the most depressed generation there has been Fact. a long time. And there's a lot of exterior factors, too. Yes. You know, the instant gratification generation, mm-hmm. the, the dings that, that release those endorphins, all that stuff. So much stuff was, was processed so quickly right. as we were growing. We had to adjust all at the same time. But I feel that so much of, of us overwork ourselves mm-hmm. because, as you mentioned, we're afraid of that boredom. Yes. And that's where I feel like my project nerds here, my comic creation here, all of it's here because I'm depressed because I don't want to go home and sit <laughs> down and do nothing. I have to constantly be working. What even is doing nothing? <laughs> like, so here, here's a, just to explain to you guys a huge difference between Iggy and I and how we operate under our depressed forms. He gets up early all the time. He has to do things. He has to do things. He has to do things. He's very organized. He is like key here this thing that the other they all have to be done and i'm the entire opposite i wake up late (laughs) and i lay in bed for hours at a time and only when i only during those days is my peak creativity there is a cosplay that i am debuting for planet comic-con which is my stevani cosplay and i did that an entire day but i had spent the greater part of that morning just laying in bed being absolutely miserable and then it just, boom, 
right there the idea in my head oh my god i actually have the wig for stevani and oh my god i actually have the clothes to do this and i and i finished it at the end of the day and it was a closet cosplay that i just had to do some minor alterations in and i put all that together and i was just like i'm so accomplished i could do anything and the next day i didn't do a single thing yeah it's, and i'm also super messy well, you, it's a good point there like no it's not a one size fits all no and I think for so long mental health was treated as a one size fits all it, is, it was and it's definitely people react to it differently and, and me and it's not saying one is better than the other because at the same time I what I do then is I burn the candle at 20 ends not even two ends 20 mm-hmm. ends yeah so I wear myself so thin that I get sick and I you know and I get do get down trying to avoid getting down so mm-hmm. it's not saying one is better than the other oh he just manages it better so get out there because he's doing stuff yeah because there's always that taboo of depressed means you lay around and do nothing mm-hmm. oh he's overcoming it because he's doing stuff and no, it's right. just how i manage it mm-hmm. and again it has its negatives and it has its positives just like you were saying for yours yes and i think we and we laugh i laugh at a lot of those memes and we share a lot of them back <laughs> yeah, of the anxiety <laughs> or depression you know these list of things and it's like but they're real and it's funny. They are. Because this is us relating to it. But yeah, I, I think I, I, could, I could say kudos. Thank you, Depression of Iggy, for bringing us Project Nerd. I don't know. So yep. never being able you to not to, work. Yes, you have to find a positive within all of that negative. I actually had a conversation with my aunt a few months back in November. <laughs> I remember the specific time because it was November was a rough month. But uh, I sat down with her and. Hi, Titi Maria. I love you so much. I hope you listen to this podcast. Um, she is one of my favorite humans in the entire world and certainly one of my favorite aunts. And I'm so un- unashamed to claim that. She always has been. We've always had a connection even when I was younger. We just clicked. And we are on super opposite sides of a lot of spectrums just across the board. But we have such respect and love for each other and when we sat down and had a conversation, my mom was sitting right there. It was just the three of us. And she looked at me, she asked me how it felt to be successful. And I laughed. It wasn't like an obnoxious laugh. I was just like, what are you talking about? Because even though, I guess, quote unquote, on paper, but through social media, it does look like I'm, like I'm successful. I'm doing music videos, I'm modeling, I'm cosplaying, I'm traveling to all of these conventions, all that other stuff. But you know, as we have discussed yesterday... I have almost nothing in my bank account and I don't know how I'm going to get my next paycheck to cover the rest of my bills. And I looked at her and I said, Titi, this is the hardest I've probably ever struggled in my entire life. I am living the starving artist. And I told her, I was like, I don't get paid for all of my modeling work. And I was like, in cosplay work, cosplay is like, of all the passions that I could have had in my entire life, it had to be the most expensive one. <laughs> like of all of them, because it, it is the perfect embodiment of everything that I love. Like I, if, if there are times when I want to act like the character. So I cosplay that character. So I get to act like them because I love acting. There are times where I pick to pick a character because it embodies this sexiness and confidence that I want to have. And so I get to walk around and feel sexy and feel like the model that I try to be when I'm out in photo shoots and, um, like I get to work with my hands and I love working with my hands and make jewelry and sewing and it's so freaking expensive. And so it's just like where the, so the money that I do get in first, I'll put it towards bills. And then the very little bit that I have left over, if I have anything left over goes to those, those passions. And she was just blown away hearing that because to all the rest of my family, it, I look great. It looks great, but it is not. And it is a constant struggle every day. I'd be so much farther so much farther if I didn't have depression. I would be where I've wanted to be for so long if I didn't have it. 
Yeah, I you touch on so many things there. Our generation again, you know, the cost of living changes to what we get paid compared to the generations earlier, mm. which impacts that the um, all all of us are. I, I hate to say it, we're not all trying to be the millionaires, but all of us mm-hmm. have a side hustle. Like yes. everybody these days has a side hustle now, and it's because we've watched people do it successfully, and we're like, we want to do what we want to do. Yeah, you know, and then other things like that that all impacted is huge, but. Something you mentioned in there, which was actually on my brain, I love I love this because I think we both do relate on this one, is we both are very well known for just just this confidence coming off of us. Everybody yes. sees this huge amount of confidence from yes. the two Big of us. Big personalities. Big personalities. She's putting herself out there with the modeling like that. She's so confident in the way she looks and what she does. He's out everywhere doing all these mm-hmm. things. He gets on stage and talks and just talks about business and he talks, talks about stuff. Yeah. No yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't show anything, <laughs> you know, in talking to these people that other people freak out about. Yep. And they don't understand, like, I think the best was last summer when somebody mentioned, it, it, this is, it, and again, so much of this is recent of what people have triggered this stuff for me to talk these things. Mm-hmm. I got off stage at Omaha, and somebody said, man, I would just never have the courage and the confidence you do to just get up there, and, because we're making, we're joking around that I butcher some of the anime names when I have to, <laughs> it's the cosplay contest, I, it's not, hap- like, and I just roll with it. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. And people are like that confidence to just keep going with it, especially when you mess up or something like that. And I'm like, what you don't understand yeah. is when I first get on that stage, I go into that room. Omaha is the, the one of the bigger ones we see. And I, I, it's great. It's I, thousands of people come into that room to watch that cosplay contest. That, yep. they, they take two rooms and combine them into one for the cosplay contest because it gets so full. Mm-hmm. And we go in there and I go in that stage for we get in that room. And I'm talking with the convention runner and talking with Tyler, who's up there with me. And we're sitting in there for an hour. And part of me being in there for that hour beforehand is I'm looking at the room and I'm looking at it empty and I'm digesting all these seats are going to be full. I'm going to get this anxiety through me in this hour before I'm actually up on stage. I don't realize that at any given time that my brain is saying, you just put the, you don't have to do this. Just put the microphone down, go sit at your booth. You can just sit at your booth. Just do that. And talk into a microphone into a thing you can edit and choose what <laughs> people hear of you saying as opposed to you being up there. And then I do it because I love doing it too. And my, I feel better afterwards, but it's rambling here because that's what I do. But the, the point being is everybody thinks this is confidence. They don't realize. He's no, very I'm, hard on himself, guys. I am. And it's, no, we're wrestling with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Y'all are. And I like the way you said it. It's that you do it sometimes because that's what that's where you want to be. Yes. So it gives you the opportunity to be that character to to model in that scenario because that's where you want to get. Yes. I like that because it helps you get there. And that's kind of what I'm saying too. It's like I'm just going to get on stage and do it, even just if I'm nervous it. about it, because it's getting me to the point to where I want to be able to eventually just walk into any room, mm-hmm. twenty thousand people in front of me, and just. Yes give a TED talk or something. I don't Boom. know. Boom. Yeah. But what people don't realize is during those times, those are those one times out of the million times where we do have that confidence. Cause there's so many other times where we don't, where it's not there. And that's why, that's why I was saying earlier that, you know, depression has stopped me from being exactly where I know I could be if I didn't have it. <clears throat> and it sounds like an excuse, but to most able-bodied people, of course it sounds like, an excuse. And, you know, that, that day where I woke up and I told myself I was going to make that Savani, it was because I was excited. And that's the thing that lacks so much. I'm so worried about the financial situation. I'm so worried about 
because I know if I got a regular nine to five, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the time to do any of the stuff that I love anyway. So I have to pick, I literally have to pick every day, which one do I want to struggle with? Do I want to go out and find a nine to five and then, you know, die every day? Or do I want, do I want to figure out, okay, I guess I'll just have to be a little bit more frugal with my, you know, food spending or so-and-so, but I get to do what I love every day. Like, which, which do I want? And so to a lot of, a lot of people who aren't in my head, it's, it's easy. Well, get the nine to five. (laughs) Okay, cool. Except I'll be dying every day. I've tried the nine to fives and there's a reason why I struggle with maintaining a nine to five. It's because it doesn't fulfill me. And all it does is wreck my soul every day. Like I have to go and fake it all the time. And that's, if I'm going to fake it, it's not going to be there. If I'm going to fake it, it's going to be because I'm getting paid buco money to fake it in acting or in cosplaying or things like it. it's going to be if I'm going to fake it, it's going to be because it's what I'm enjoying doing at the time and I you know especially if you're getting stuck doing sales jobs for the the kind of sales jobs that you don't even believe in that you extra extra have to fake it every day that's it's just so crushing it's just so crushing <laughs> especially when you're selling something you're not interested in mm-hmm. and I mean I am blessed right now I hope they don't listen to this because I pretend to my bosses I'm not blessed so that they pay me more. <laughs> but for my career job, which is not Project Nerd, which a lot of people don't realize that because I get told a lot, like mm-hmm. you get to do this for a living. No, no, this is this is a side out. We don't you make. Guys, you guys, he don't, does so much outside of Project Nerd. Blogs and podcasts. Surprise! If you're not a celebrity, they don't bring you in a bunch of money. Yes, <laughs> <That's> not <laughs> happening. And uh, traveling to conventions. You know, conventions, all the people that are working there are volunteers. So we get a lot of great partnerships with them, get free space, get access and stuff. But we still got to travel out there. We still got to eat while we're out there and things yes. like that. Anyways, bosses, close your ears, is I am blessed because I am I, I can't do routine. And so I have to find the job that gives me the ability to work with something I like, to be different every day, but also be allowed me to be the organized OCD person I am. And I have that right now. I, my clients are companies that I love their products of. So it's, I'm excited to learn more. So when we get to go visit them and see their products, it's exciting as opposed mm-hmm. to being like, Oh cool. You got a new, whatever out like yeah. a new medical device. Cause a lot of our company does like work with medical companies. I'd be like, this is boring. I don't care. You got a new thing. <laughs> like I don't want this. Yeah. No, I get to do, you know, with a consumer electronics client and again, it's client facing. So I don't go sit down look at a computer screen, enter data into a screen for eight hours. And for some people that works, it's, yeah. you know, we're in a geek world. So there's a lot of those engineer type people, those people that do that and it works for them. For me, I can, I would, like you said, I, I'd go crazy. I would just go crazy. So I'm in that position to where I can, I'm going to show up today. Somebody's not going to deliver something. Somebody's going to be mad on the clients. So something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's exciting. Cause then now I'm already, I got a problem solve. I got a puzzle and as we mentioned earlier, yeah. it keeps me thinking about something else mm-hmm. and not being bored over here thinking about myself. Right. So I want to caveat something really quick. Yeah. Because you and I are, are you're one of the people who can do the status quo of having that nine to five and still manage something to the side. I am not anywhere in there. I am over here. Yeah. <laughs> but then there are certain people who are Further, you guys aren't seeing me point everywhere, but let's say I'm over here on the left side being Far no left. nine to five. Stretching the left arm all the way out. Yep, yep. That's all, that's all the way over there. Uh, and Iggy's in the middle where he does have the nine to five and he also has his passion Mid- projects. Middle is self-descriptive. And then... I'm, oh I'm, well, I'm helping you here. <laughs> okay. Anyways. And then there's all the way to the right, the people who... I wish there was a better term to, to describe it, but 
you know, are comfortable with quote unquote mediocrity, which it technically isn't. To them, it could be everything they've ever wanted. I think the, so. Help it, me find a better term because this sounds awful. The routine. The routine. Okay. The routine. Uh, with the routine. First off, I'm not a routine person. Yeah. But there are people who thrive in that. No. And I, oh my God, do I applaud all of you for that. My sister's one of those people. My mother's one of the, those people. They need routine they're two of the cleanest people that i know their houses are always clean it always smells good like i love walking into their house because it just smells amazing but i like i love the smells but my house will never be as clean as theirs it will it be sanitized sure but when you walk into my room will you find clothes everywhere well yes yes you will you will find clothes everywhere (laughs) it will be everywhere not my place no not at his place his place is so spotless no it's a it is a (sighs) I think people who are comfortable in routine are very understated because the people who are like on my side of that particular spectrum are so larger than life and so hungry and crave and have such passion that it overshadows the passion of other people who do have routine. And that's why I think that they get so they don't get noticed as much. But without routine people, the world would not function. Oh, not, this is not so all. essential. I just I felt like I needed to say that because we're talking about larger than life things. And then there are people who that that's just not for them. And that's freaking great because we still need you. You're still very functional in society. And it's yeah. And it's definitely like and those people not necessarily aren't doing larger than life things. It's yes. just in that daily routine at that moment. Mm-hmm. There are things that aren't typically defined. And you put a great point. I like I immediately thought about it with pop, pop culture references, everything like that, where they staying safe on dry land, you know, a certain mm-hmm. song that has those lyrics doing all these things to where it's just, but yeah, some people are comfortable in that. Some people aren't. And I like the word you used, said, you know, this is the, uh, the status quo. And then you built this whole spectrum of people and it's like, yeah, there really is no status quo, but no. we define this as the status quo mm-hmm. and we define these as the crazy fireworks, you yes. know, the ones that are exploding and making mm-hmm. things happen. But to be honest, you look at some of those people that made things happen. Let's talk in Elon Musk. Yes. He's a programmer. He doesn't know how to communicate to people because he's was that person who was routine yes. in front of a screen and just decided I'm going to program this PayPal thing mm-hmm. and then sold it. And now he is the firecracker, you know, so he went from the routine of the firecracker. Mm-hmm. So you also don't have to live just in one spot of that spectrum right. too. You can move around. Depending. You can start as the firecracker and then realize your comfort was actually yeah. in routine. Yeah. And that's a great way to put it. I think another thing and maybe, you know, a future episode is also having a third party here who is the expert in all this stuff. Cause I keep wanting related to stuff. Cause again, our generation, we are criticized for job popping for trying new things for oh, trying yeah. to find our passion i the, live that i live the generation that. before us was just you I start here you end here <laughs> i take the job at 18 i'm done at 64 and i retire yes you know we don't have that one is one i'm not being paid enough to just say i can deal with this routine day in and day out mm-hmm. because again everything costs much more to to live and yes. i'm still being paid the same rates my parents were being paid for their jobs you know mm-hmm. and it's two it's comparatively two we're the instant gratification generation need it so i can go i i have come to an understanding that i'm not going to get what i want today all the time yes sometimes i'm going to go get it i'm going to get it especially when it comes to food oh yeah anyways (laughs) more on that later (laughs) but at the same time I also am that person where it says, I am not going to do something for 20 years so that way I can get to two promotions and barely be able to go buy my house yes. and do this stuff. So I'm not going to also say it, you know, I don't want it to be at this bad light when I say that we're the instant gratification generation because at the same time, I think that's also helped us recognize that 
we don't have to be that slave for 20 years to finally mm-hmm. get what we want. We yes. can go try to make it happen more quickly. I think that's that's a a part of life where as a I don't want to say it like as a country, as a world, as a as a as an age, like I don't know what the term would be for that or maybe it is generation. It's just where there are where we're reaching a medium, I guess you could say. Like the it we don't have for the people who want to start one place and end right there, great, cool. Do that. Do you. But then there are those people who are like, all right, I have gotten everything I could get out of this position. I want to go try this over here. Mm-hmm. It would pay cut. Cool. Not pay cut better, but I want to try this now. Hey, cool. Fine. You do that too. Like there's, there's this, there's this hopeful acceptance of what works for you works for you. Like there are definitely you and I see it all the time on, on all of our news feeds where there are people who are not accepting of how others want to do it. Blah, 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 blah. But I think overall the tone of the generations coming forward is the, if it's making you happy and it isn't like physically harming others or even, you know, mentally or emotionally harming others, then do it. Right. I wish you guys could see our facial expressions cause they're great, but just do the thing. Well, I mean, cause each thing we talk about opens up a whole new, like we just need to start listing the next episodes that these spin off of because yes. even right there, like I just, Oh, how much <laughs> could we talk about, you know, like internet trolls and gatekeepers who don't let mm-hmm. us do the things we want to yes. do that aren't hurting them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And how does that impact people's depression? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm doing this thing that doesn't impact you and I love it, but now everybody's criticizing me for it. Right. So now my confidence is gone. My lo- you know, mm-hmm. these people that don't even know me and had no reason to sit here and criticize me for it. Yes. Just blew up that confidence that I finally, Finally, you, Finally don't, you don't even know how long it took me to get yes. to this level to do it. Yeah. So there's so many external factors and there's so many things over the life of diving deep that I want to get into mm-hmm. about my stuff. Cause, and I can talk about a relationship that has just changed who I am emotionally, mentally, everything physically, even. Yeah. Like I've, I've changed who I am physically yeah. over the past three years. Yes. I am now a man. I used to be one. No, um, <laughs> it's uh anyway, my point is being uh. is that, you know, there's negatives and positives in those changes that there's yeah. so much that the depression, the mm-hmm. the burying myself in work, the way I treat other people, the, all the things like that have been impacted by the external factors as much as they have been by the chemicals that don't develop in my brain. Yes. I want to say something really quick before we dive even deeper into our uh, our psychologies and our pasts. Oh, we have to dive deeper into that? Oh, yeah, even deeper. Oh, we, we, we've been about... Uh... We've been wallowing, what is it, wallowing in the shallows? Or <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, just to keep it a little light before we dive deeper. But one thing I want to say before before we do that is if someone with depression or anyone who is very... Uh, in, um, Anxiety? No, or? no, no. It starts in... Uh, in, in, in um, introverted? Yes, thank you. I was going to say introspective. That's not the word. Introverted. When they finally come out and spend time or they do a thing that you've been wanting them to do. Do not negate it. If they come out, just be happy that they're there. If, if let's say that I was stuck in my room all the time and I finally decided to join my family. Oh, you finally decided to oh, join us? Gosh. No, well, I'm going back upstairs now. F you. Yeah, it was the worst. I don't think so. So that is just for anybody. Like, even I have to keep track of it sometimes when it comes to myself, like being kinder to myself and to other people. Just be happy that they're there. The more excited you are that they're there, the more likely they are to come out anyway. You have to meet anxiety with love. Oh, man. Quote of the day. Oh, you you have to meet it because they're they're anxious to come out here. They don't they probably don't want to deal with you. They just don't like people in general. And they finally do just meet it 
with happiness and love. I love that you bring that up because again, you said it's something you also have to to remind yourself of. And for me, for mm-hmm. sure, because I live in a world where my closest p- friends, if we aren't making fun of each other or giving each other hard times, something is not right. Yes. So when those situations pop up, it's naturally to go that way to give them a hard time or stuff about mm-hmm. it. But it's exactly, you got to pump the brakes sometimes. And a great example is my son. I don't get it. Because I am, as much as I am, you know, we talk about all these things, I am still very extroverted. Yes. I am, I, people energize me. Being around people, doing things energize me. And I think mm-hmm. that's what also helps me from not, you know, from going out and doing all these project nerd things. My son is not that way. No. And very it's hard. My daughter is. So my daughter and I, it, it that clicks right there. Like mm-hmm. I can put her in an environment, know it's going to be fine. She's a life of the party. Yeah. And my son is not which is not wrong. It's just, he's different. He's introverted. He'd rather do his thing. He'll kind of hover around the walls in a big group, Mm -hmm. you know, on the outside. And I have to, for for so long, I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to thrust him in the middle. Just do it, you know, do it. Why won't you do this? Why won't you do that? And it had to be to where it's like, I got to be a better parent here. I've got to understand why he's this way so I can better do it. Mm -hmm. And it's exactly right. For so long, I would just not even necessarily give him the hard time, but there would be times where I'd make a smart remark or do Mm -hmm. the thing that, you know, my parents would do to me in those times. And it's, like, I can't do that anymore. Can't do it. <laughs> I was diving deep there. No, that was great. That was great. <laughs> then I, that was one of the reasons why I brought it up because um, that was not really a thing for me. I am I am one of those people, I decide. I decide. So I go back and forth between being extroverted and introverted. But it's when I'm comfortable. My comfort has everything to do with how extroverted or introverted I am around a group of people or a single person. And, um, so, and I, and that's why I want, always want to be aware of it even for myself because all day I may be super introverted and finally I reach a comfort level and I'm ready to engage. And then someone will say something and I'll try to smart mouth it back and pretend like that didn't bother me, but like you have no idea how hard it was to get to this point of being comfortable to come out and engage with all of you. Uh, but also when I'm in on that extroverted side of the spectrum, I want to be able to embrace the person who did just deal with that and finally is here with us. And I want to give them that, that love and attention. Like, I'm so happy that you're here. And like, I have to give myself a little check mark here. I am exceptionally good at getting people who are very uncomfortable I, to I open up that check mark. <laughs> I, would say, I was going to say everybody close to you would probably say that, that you are very good at that, that you are one of the best. Thank you. I, I, tr- I try. <laughs> All right. So I think so the one of the big topics that we had talked about yesterday uh, briefly because I wanted to save it for this talk, which I got in trouble because I forgot most of. What yes, he did. He did get in trouble before we got started. He got in trouble for for a brief moment there. <clears throat> I wanted to talk about um, ha- uh, self-medication. Oh, yes. And actual okay. medication. I remember what we're supposed to talk about. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Actual medication. <laughs> um, because I am entirely self-medicated when it comes to all of my problems. And there's a lot of very unhealthy things that I have done and things that have helped me be a better person. Uh, and all of it for me dealt with a lot of self-reflection and taking the time. And even then, it, even then it's hard because, oh, man, I'm already scared of myself and all of these darker parts and uh yeah you're pointing at me i I am (laughs) so the first thing i say and i said it yesterday when we talked about it briefly is everybody who has any kind of mental health can like whether it's a you know we talk about 
personality disorder, schizophrenia, bipolar, just depression. Mm-hmm. And, and I hate to say just depression, dismiss it, it's still a big deal. Or even just anxiety, you know, and, and handles and happy. You self-medicate at some point and everything. Oh, and we sure. joke. And it's a whether you do it with harmful substance or not. And there's, I mean, I've seen it in, in pop culture references as well, too. Um, I'm going to the movie of uh, uh, Spanglish, not a very popular Adam Sandler movie. That is one of my favorite Adam Sandler but it's, movies. It's very good because the <clears throat> the way he is self-medicating is with food mm-hmm. and looking outside. Yep. And with the way she's self-medicating is she's exercising how many hours a day. And by he and she, I mean the mother and father and yes. the family. And she's so to her, that's completely healthy. She's taking care of herself. She's eating right. She's exercising, mm-hmm. but she's running for hours upon hours a day and she's running away. So she's self-medicating. Yes. Whether you define that as a healthy way to do it or not. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most people would say that's a lot more healthy than, you know, shooting up drugs to self-medicate. Um, but you could also find take your, away. Yeah, you could also find negatives for it. Anyway, so everybody self-medicates to some level. So it, nobody is a I don't want to say above that or around that or whatever. But there is the different thing, and it is for many many years. So when I was in high school, I was in middle school when I first really got kind of depressed, and I got really sick. I have a lot of physical health problems which relate to all that stuff with the mm-hmm. brain just saying i'm not working today mm-hmm. like and they said you're depressed you know you're not making these chemicals and i was like i don't like this so they tried to even word it ways and stuff like that so they took me to therapy i didn't take therapy serious mm-hmm. i i even was a smart ass that, that there's a teenager just uh, today i'm just gonna go and answer no to every question he asks wow and he even so he even was like okay i'm gonna ask this it's the sky blue to like but and nope and just to, so mm-hmm. then he'd give up so my parents gave up on it and sorry to put my parents on the spot there, but that's, <laughs> that was a fail on their part. And, and again, this is years ago when it still was, you know, mental health wasn't talked about as much. So, it was less. so for many years I self-medicated and to a degree, I still self-medicate on dun, 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 be surprised everybody food, boom, food is my thing. And, um, you guys have no idea how many food things we share back and forth as well. <laughs> right? So, Isn't your Instagram just entirely of Pretty food? much my Instagram is food. Um, and uh, anyways, it's, uh, you know, I've self-medicated other ways too. There have been periods, I, I've never heavily drank. I've never, never really same. used drugs. I've also never same. used, there's most hard drugs I've never even touched. We'll have to get someone on who ha- has. Um, I, I've lived that life though, because mm. a big part of my life for many years and putting her on the spot here was dealing with somebody extremely close to me, self-medicating with very harmful things mm. and me having to clean up that mess. Yeah. And so I've seen it all. And I think that's also what's helped me stay away from so much of it, to be mm-hmm. honest. But it got to a point where I just hit rock bottom with so many things, even without going into those deep, like terrible self-medicating things to where I now do the therapy I do go ahead and take the medicine every mm-hmm. morning and I don't want to. And we were and I think that's actually where it kind of spurred the conversation is where I was talking about, I don't want to carry around the bottle that yes, says depression meds. That's right. Even though I'm sitting here talking about it, telling people mm-hmm. I'm trying to be more open about it. How many people do I know that are taking some kind of anxiety or depression meds? I still am somehow a person who doesn't get embarrassed very easily embarrassed by that bottle Yes, because of the taboo of it still. And, but it's, it is, it's, it helps me. Because all that other stuff I would do would only temporarily fill what my brain's not doing. Like my mm-hmm. brain is not doing it. Food is not going to release all the chemicals my brain needs yes. to. It's going to clog these arteries and <laughs> cause a lot more Cause problems, the opposite. Right? Exactly. <clears throat> um, so I think where you were going saying that I'm, I am right now being the example of 
properly or to what do you call it? Not self-medicating. Yes. Yes. He's, he's, uh, taking more, uh, steps towards not self-medicating and take, you know, doing what he is quote unquote supposed to be doing. And I'm the entire opposite. I haven't gone to therapy. Uh, and I haven't gone to therapy in years. And when I did go to therapy, you know, my therapist was super sweet, very supportive. She was not a bad match for me, in fact. Uh, she's very open to listening to me. If I would have kept going, if we could have afforded for me to have kept going, it probably would have been really great for me. But that is not what happened. My life, just all the things that could have gone right ended up not going right for me. Um, and that is absolutely still no excuse. Like if I if I really wanted to, I could get on Medicaid and use that and go to a therapist. But I recognize I have pride issues. And I told myself years ago when I got out of the house with my mother, who loves us so much and all she has is pride in us and not pride in herself. And she cares so much more about taking care of us that she was fearless about getting on all of those things. If it meant that she could better take care of us, I am not that way. I will, I will say it right here. Recorded on a Project Nerd thing when I had our, we had our first kid. I said we, m- me and my ex-wife had our first kid, nineteen years old. We got on federal assistance. I mean, that's what it's mm-hmm. there for, and I'm not ashamed to say it. In the fact that I know it's a, still a huge debate and war, and mm-hmm. and again that people try to put such a negative light on it because of people that abuse it. We used it for when we needed it, and then we were off of it. So it was there for. So I'm saying, oh it, yeah to empower other people who do feel that way. Cause so mm-hmm. many people are embarrassed. I can't, I can remember when we'd go to the doctor with the kid and the insurance card and my ex-wife would be like, hesitate to even show the insurance card to the doctor. It's like, they already know, yeah. they already know what we're on. We've yeah. been to this doctor yes. before they've seen it. Like, so, but it's still, again, it goes to that bottle. I was saying earlier, we hesitate. We're embarrassed by this thing. Mm-hmm. That that's what it's there for. I'm, I'm taking this medicine because I need it. Yeah. We were on that program. Anyways, you go on. Yeah. And I'm, I am the opposite. Because I was on it for so long growing up, no, absolutely not. To me, that is a representation of failure, even though my mother was not. My mother is one of the strongest. She is an inspiration to me. And even now, like she is living her best life for the love of the universe. All three of us, my siblings and myself, we're all struggling and she is traveling the world. She's doing amazing. And none of us are jealous. She deserves it. And she needs to go out. She where, needs where to continue she it. Recently? Oh, she was in. Um, oh, God. I want to be jealous of this too so i can uh it was it was in central america uh <laughs> was she hiking i think it was or? i think it was it was like panama costa rica mexico it was one of those it was one of those like super super right there right there awesome um and she went for quite a while she was sending us pictures and all the other stuff she's just having the time of her life and she went to canada by herself like she never gave us the notion that she ever uh, hated being on any of those things. She was just happy to take care of us. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, watching her struggle, I told myself, I never want to struggle like that. And it has absolutely nothing to do with how she represented it to us. Because we never felt the weight. All she did was carry it. And we just benefited from her love. But in my mind, if I ever got to a place where I had to uh, admit that I needed to do that, in my mind, I failed. Because I guess, I guess if I'm really thinking about it, it's just I want to be a source of pride for her in that I don't ever have to be there or do those things. She never makes me feel like I have to prove that to her. I put that pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. 
<coughs> I think real quick. So, mommy, you're great. I love you. Real quick, <laughs> what I think it's important to say, and what you are definitely saying, and and making it. I don't want to say you're struggling to say it, but you're mm-hmm. definitely you're using a lot of words to try to say it. Is we don't want anybody to think we're saying one thing is wrong and one thing is right. Yes, here. yes. We we understand. If you are able to do work within something that is in the system, or if you're able to develop your own way, so aka self-medicate in a way that is healthy and doesn't harm others, as you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, and works for you, then do it. So we're not saying one way is better than the other. We're not saying do or don't use Medicaid or Medicare and feel guilty if you do because we somebody doesn't want to use it or anything like that. It's it's how we personally feel about that specific thing. But we, I would, I'm speaking for both of us here because I know you agree with me. Is neither one of us is going to criticize one way or the other no, if somebody is doing it. That absolutely way, not, unless you're harming others, right? Or, or you're purposefully taking advantage of the system. In which case, big nope to you all the way to the other side. Uh, that has all sorts of connotation. I don't, I don't even know what I meant. It's a whole so nother, sorry. whole nother yes. episode too. But, um, oh god, no, I had it, I had it. I'm sorry. I, oh, I no, it's okay. Got it's rid okay. of it by. <laughs> by using a clear point and now you know oh oh it. yes yes another way that that i self-medicate is i can't afford health insurance um i can, I can barely afford my car payment and that is a whole series of diabetes. that is a whole oh yeah that is a big one especially between the two of us because we've had this conversation many times um i'm not a fan of our healthcare system go on though yeah um i so i asked for this leaf thing that i actually constantly wear and i only take off during certain times um, and what it's biometrics. So it, because I also know I have anxiety and not just depression. And because I also know that I, uh, suffer with nightmares and have a terrible sleeping schedule and all this other good stuff. Uh, having this leaf on me close to my chest keeps track of all of that for me. And it tells me, you know, what times during the day it it just it keeps track of as much as anything biometric can without being like inside your body and telling it to a computer. Um, and it is one of the few ways that I can keep track of myself uh, and, and, and do better for myself. Like, okay, do I, I recognize when I'm having heart palpitations because I get them quite often. And the other day, like you didn't know and I couldn't announce it because we were out with everybody. But that moment when we were all sitting down and I just like put my hand on you, I was having a really bad heart palpitation moment. And I couldn't tell you about it because I didn't want to take attention away from these people you hadn't seen in years. <laughs> but I had a... I was because I was and I, there was nothing that anybody else was doing that's that gave me this feeling that I should be anxious, but I also didn't know how to engage with everybody, and that was that a new was environment. I mean, that is a, yeah. A, if you want to talk about something, anxiety hits everybody. A new environment is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Those were was, people I had known for years, and you come in as the new person, the outsider <laughs> in that group. Definitely, definitely. My heart was sense. like, Mia. <laughs> this is nerve-wracking how do you engage there was just so many years between you guys like there was no way i could keep up mm-hmm. but i was enjoying them they're all absolutely phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and i and i in- truly enjoy all of them and so i'm excited to get to know them more and spend more time with them so that's not that's another thing it's, it wasn't like any of them were bad it was just my body was freaking out because it was something new and uh when i have my group of friends here like that is that is a thing that I have owned on multiple occasions. I am a very selfish and possessive person and I have to fight it every day. And that was actually something you and I touched on yesterday as well while we were, you know, kind of doing an overview of all of this. If it were up to me, everybody would live close to me. And I wouldn't ever have to be without them because I have abandonment issues. And so I'm constantly just like, please stay with me, please stay with me. And I have to fight it all the time because 
Controlling someone is not loving them. Demanding them all the time isn't loving them. Not giving them freedom is not loving them. And I have to remind myself and train myself every day that the way I was brought up and how to love is not how you love somebody. Uh, I, I, I have to like with you, like we always have this conversation where I'm like, no, you can do your thing. And you're like, no, but I'm here for you. I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. And we're constantly going back and forth like that. And I have to be that way with all of my friends and my family, I, I, except my, my immediate family. They are in fact the ones that I keep away on purpose because I know, and I have also had this conversation with my, with my mother and my aunt at that same time. I was like, if I lived with my family, my focus will be so much on them that I will have forgotten my dreams. And my dreams are very focused on taking care of them in the future. And if I'm too busy trying to take care of them now, when I know they're okay, and I know that they have each other, I will lose everything that I'm trying to fight for when it comes to them. So they're the only ones that I purposely keep away for that exact reason. But everybody else, if I could have all of you in one ginormous house with me, I'd be the happiest person alive. But I have to remember that that's not how I care about you guys. You also, we keep, I keep throwing in, like, you don't realize how many external factors are out there. And as stereotypical as this sounds, you're also dealing with a cultural factor when it comes to family. Yes, and I being am. that close to family. Oh, yeah. Because Latin culture, that, that is it. it you is are all fam- there. Yes. yes. Is, that is it. So there's also that weight of that that's put on your shoulders mm-hmm. to where me as a white as white can be, like <laughs> to the point to where I can say I have white privilege through and through. I'm a, I'm a 30-year-old white male that grew up in the United States. <laughs> Nobody tells me no to anything, basically. And I don't mean that as a positive thing. It's also a negative thing. But my point is, is I can go where I want to and all that. And there's... My mom definitely gives me guilt because she's her, but there's <laughs> yes. no, there's no that expectation that this generation took care of this generation, this generation, mm-hmm. it wasn't over and over. My mom stays away from her parents. My dad yeah. stays away from his parents with that culture thing and not just your culture and especially in other countries stronger than the United States where that cult that's still like Japan is a great example. A lot of Asian cultures where the grandparents live with like, it's, yes, it's, they're there. It's four generations in the same house. Yes. Like you don't go anywhere. You're all there. That weight is heavy. Oh, and if you leave specifically in in Asian cultures, from what I've gathered through Asian friends, and you're, just you're watch, not part of this family anymore. Yeah, yeah, but if you do, like, if you leave, the only positive light is because you're going to school to provide to come oh, back yeah. Oh, yeah. to the family. Exactly, yeah. That is how that is how that works, and um, you know, it's taken a lot of uh, the weight in his because I can only talk like speak truthfully on behalf of my Hispanic culture is that the weight of being around your family all the time is real. It is, there's, like I said, my mother is one of 12. Like there are, they're family units. And even if one group of family had so many kids and they had so many kids, like they're still all together pretty much. Like it's very rare that someone will deter, deter from that. Um, But I happen to have been blessed with a mother who wants to make up for our childhood so strongly and she believes in her children so much that, oh God, I, I, when she and I had the conversation, it was absolutely beautiful. She said to me that I, the last time she ever worried about me was uh, right towards the end of high school. Uh, it wasn't too long after I had Jay, who is, who is my daughter. Um, and she was just like, I, I have never worried about you ever again. I've never worried about you. And that only tells me that all the fighting that she and I did in my high school years, 
as awful as it was and as guilt-ridden as I feel about it has only worked in the positive because now I can truly go out and do it was like she gave me a bless uh, her blessing without giving me her blessing telling me okay mamita you can go do your thing and I will just be right here waiting for it's, you it's a powerful moment like it's very parents don't realize <laughs> how much of an impact even on young adult or adult children they have on on saying those specific things Mm -hmm. and it is for sure and it is in these moments these past three years you know three to four years where my life has changed dramatically and to hear my father say the things of well it's you I know that part's going to be taken care of I know you you know and and not sorry siblings if you actually listen to anything I do but (laughs) when you're working out on the farm but anyways um it's you know not taking away from them but it is I'm the states away I have you know 18 I had the money saved up I took care of it and right Mm -hmm. now I went through divorce, did all this stuff. So it's not been the same, but it was all, I had it all figured out. I had mm-hmm. it all balanced, at least in my mind. Yeah. And in my dad's mind, that was the same way. So now he says to me those things and it makes me feel better in that moment when I'm freaking out about something. Cause I'm like, this isn't the same. It was six years ago because mm-hmm. now I'm one income and this and that and yeah. doesn't work. And it's like, Nope, you, it's you, you're going to be able to take care of it. Yes. And it's like, wow, that feels great. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels just great. And again, I'm in my thirties. Like, and it's still, <laughs> you still need that, yeah, you that do. validation. You yeah, still need that. Definitely. Well, there are, there are plenty of people with awful, awful relationships with their parents. Absolutely abhor them. And I have that. I, all I have is my mother who I have a beautiful relationship with. But if you would have caught me 10 years ago, she was the bane of my existence. The absolute bane of my existence. And I couldn't stand her. Oh, I moved out at 18 in if it was a fight as I moved out yeah. with my family. It was, it was just, we I am fine. not, he, I'm not right. going to be here. Like F you, I'm going away. Right. This is not happening. Um, and it was a fight. Uh, mommy just wanted to love us and she wanted to keep us safe after so many years of thinking that she had us safe and then realizing that, oh my God, the safety that I thought was my children's home was the opposite. They were the least safe in this home that I loved and helped build like I know the guilt that she feels um about and we'll dive into that here in a in a couple of minutes like specifically what I'm talking about um dive as deep as you want we dive as deep yeah I don't I don't know how many hours we've got but we're just gonna be here I, yeah. well I mean <laughs> no, well actually we are coming up on time so we might be wrapping up here oh on this no episode. we'll have to we'll have to deep dive into that specific well, it's a good thing we one. it's a good thing we stay in touch here and there so we can yes. talk on more of these episodes I we mean, do um we'll share some food pictures and then talk more food pictures <laughs> we have so many things that we want to do coming up actually and food food stuff is is one of them I um and I, I'm glad you brought up time because we are pretty much at time right there um I don't know. There is so much that can be said. And I feel like a number of diving deeps and probably obviously you coming back and other people coming Mm -hmm. on. And, and again, there's another episode recorded, whether it's already aired or airs after this with Dr. Ben Cole, where we talk more on the medical side of it. Meant diving deep to such a big part of it was the mental health side and not mental illness is specifically mental health. And we're talking about external factors and in things that happen to us when you're younger and stuff like that. As well as the medicating part, which we didn't get into too much on the self-medicating versus no, the, no. The but you know what? We dived into so many other things. I think this is a good branch, like a good episode in which we can branch into other mm-hmm. things. Like is this is a this is a look forward to episode for and you we'll guys. Say, when you're listening to episode B, we'll say go back and listen to this episode yes. first, and then we get more listens. I mean, you guys get more education, <laughs> more content. Right, yeah, you guys get more education on things and stuff. Uh, but again, I think ultimately the goal here with Project Nerd, with our whole new things we're doing, we've got tons of new podcasts coming your way, and some of them 
much more serious is we want to say we feel you. We see you. We do. We are you. You are valid. Yes. It's important to understand, especially in a community, you know, I love it that my kids are growing up where this is all normal and, mm-hmm. and we we overlook sometimes that the people our age, especially the ones a few years older than us, they were picked on and abused and treated yes. terribly for loving these things we do. So those are the people that are listening that are here in our community and I want to say it's 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 cool. We we love you. Go out there. If you find the way to self medicate properly without hurting others, do it. If you if you feel that doing the therapy is great, because I did I did want to dive into that too. It was you know what got me to therapy mm, was mm-hmm. was crazy. It was a weird weird happening, and there's a lot of things that we just want to say. We know. We know. We, we know. know. I don't. That was really like I don't know. Anyways, I just started rambling, and then got weird <laughs> at the end, but anyways, I don't know. Well. Uh. I, I think we have to wrap this one up as yes, much as we, we do. don't want to. Oh man, we could be here for hours. We could. And uh, we have to. So, so Mia, I appreciate you diving deep with me. Mm-hmm. We, I think we explored some new things on this deep dive. Um, some new things. We're like James Cameron and his special submarines diving <laughs> into the ocean and finding <laughs> We're going to have to re-listen to this and then list things to make right. deep dives off of. As an editor, yeah, I'm gonna, when I hand this over to an editor and be like, every time we mention something, that oh, that's a whole other episode. Put that on put a that, paper, Yep, put right? it down. <laughs> there we go. So, all right. Well, that's it for this episode of Diving Deep. Until next time. Bye.